so it is uh, both my sister's birthday today and my wife's birthday tomorrow. And not that I'm the best cook in the world, but uh, but where you know my wife's has a very Irish last name and her dad's Irish, and you know our family's you know has a lot of Irish in them. I am making both of them a traditional seven course Irish meal for their birthday. What's that? Six pack of Guinness and a potato. <laughs> a six pack of Guinness and a potato. Six pack. You see, that would be seven. Not if, even if, draft. If, if you add, add <laughs> if you add the potato. Let's see. I'm making a seven course Irish meal. It is a six pack of Guinness and a potato. Two, three, four. No, no, no. seven. There we go. Anyways, um, welcome to Carnival Personnel. I'm Jacques. That's a lot to edit out. Uh, I mean, I'm Joe. <laughs> you can't edit that much comedy. If that's the stuff they cut out, what they left in must be pure, pure gold. A uh, couple things before we dive into everything, including a lot of awful and even more awful that you just shared with me. Thank you, Joseph. I figure, you know, why not cram a year's worth of awful into a week. So a couple positive, positive things. We are giving a huge shout out right now. First of all, uh, happy birthday to my sister. It was Friday. Happy birthday to management, which was her birthday yesterday. Happy birthday. It's not Hitler's birthday. We know that. <laughs> not Hitler's birthday. That's right. true. Uh, I don't know. Who else? Uh, Kim Jong-un? Anybody we, else? We are giving, not a birthday shout out, but a shout out to our very good friend, Steve. Yes. Who... Honestly, he's always been a really good guy, a really good husband, to the best of our knowledge. Well, when he was married to me. Well, yeah, oh, wait, no, oh. Not so much. You know, yeah, you know. You know. He worked out the kinks with you. He, the, star, <laughs> the starter wife's always a tricky Cinderella, one. Cinderella, all I hear is Cinderella. And, uh, uh, and, and you know, but by all accounts, a very hands-on, very great dad. But he just pulled the stunt move of the year. He, why don't you let our friends out there know about Steve? So on Facebook, he posted a video on Father's Day, right? I think so. Yeah, on Father's Day, he posted a video of uh, his wife, Floor, going to his company truck to get something for him. She opens the door, and out pops her brother, who she hasn't seen in two years. You know, they relocated from California, so it was a very heartwarming moment. And, by the way, Floor's mom was at the house and she comes running out because she sees her son coming out of the, the truck. So it was very heartwarming, nice surprise, um, and it was just a great, great moment. And it's the first time that you know uh, he's seen his nephew. So that it was, it was. I mean, for you know, class move, class move, Steve. Um, and F you for making me tear up. Like uh, my management showed me that uh, when we were at our little guy's baseball game, and I'm oh, like, no. don't make dust fly in my eye right. while I'm watching because it was it was something when you see something like that and you see it on TV and you see shows but when you have a buddy who pulls something like that you know so I mean I can't think of a better you know gift to give his wife and stuff like that but seriously Steve class move aside from this podcast yeah thank you so last week and if we get like five people say that's not the worst idea you've ever had shock Joe, I think I'm going to make some Carnival Podcast t-shirts. 
carnival personnel. You got to get the name right. Well, I'm thinking about the Twitter handle. Oh, you know, right. Because if people reach out on the Twitter or, or Facebook or or Snapchat, which neither one of us are on Snapchat, that would be a hard thing. I, I realized like last week how often the inside jokes that we make about like a line from a movie that we never explain, uh, we should do something where um, – you know, we'll send a T-shirt to whomever you know points out like the like one of these from like you know we can do one a week. It's like oh, you know when you said Otisville and you both laughed and moved on. That's a reference to Superman one, nineteen seventy nine. Christopher Reeve, great movie. Um, but that that's something. Uh, so let's see. We got. Oh, I already did the ums. I've been told to cut down on the ums and my gum smacking, which is weird because I don't really chew gum. Right. <laughs> it's your physical gums that's smacking, apparently. So we will. So finally, I think is this the first movie you've seen before me, The Incredibles two? I think so. Uh, no, Rogue One. You did see Rogue One before. Yeah, but. you saw Rogue One like the day before it came out on video. Like it was, like, <laughs> it was in the theater, like a local theater nearby our house that plays movies a little bit longer than they should. And ironically, it's become my second favorite Star Wars. The one probably I saw and the last part of its original release, but the movie I loved second best. Right. So uh, what you're referring to this week or last week was that I saw Incredibles 2 at our local movie theater, that for the whopping price, hold on to your hats, $32 for four people. That's not awful at all. That is incredible. We saw a matinee, and it was like seven bucks a piece. And this is a first like first weekend movie. So, you know, with the popcorn, we only spent like 100 bucks. <laughs> so it was a pretty good deal. I liked this movie a lot. And how did you leave? But you saw it eventually... I think you saw it yesterday. Yep, yep. And what uh, did you think? I really did. I like. I mean, we, you know, and and when I put on on a rundown, apology accepted. Did yours start with the apology from the cast for taking fourteen years to make it. Yeah, yeah, same thing. And it was uh, it was great. What it didn't come with was a strobe warning that for ninety seconds in the middle of the movie, you're going to have flashing strobe lights going full on uh, strobing. And uh, if you have epilepsy, I hope you close your eyes quick enough because this is coming fast and furious. It, but you heard that Disney now is going to be putting out like a warning to – I think they're telling movie theaters now to put a warning out for The Incredibles 2. By the way, there is flashing lights. You might go into a seizure. If you didn't watch that one Pokemon episode and uh, go into a seizure, you're probably okay. But aside from that, the, the, this was my favorite Pixar movie in a long time. But I haven't seen Coco yet, so I'm sure Coco... This is the one movie... Let me, let me preface that by saying this is the, my favorite Pixar movie that hasn't made me cry. Do you know what I mean? Okay, fair. But, uh, you know, up go down. You can go down the list. I don't think there was a tearful moment. No, it was all. And I don't it, think they were going for a tearful moment. You're just an insensitive fuck that doesn't cry. Right, exactly. I, I mean, you know, Mister Rogers. Who cares? I don't care. I don't want to see that movie and cry in a movie theater alone for two hours. Yeah, I don't need the rest of the world to know what a snowflake I am. No, but getting to back to Incredibles two, it was a fun, fun movie, and and there wasn't. Like, it wasn't fan service. It picks up exactly where the first movie left off. Exactly where it left off. Yeah. And um, and everybody was back. Uh, I like the new character. 
ish. I don't know. My son didn't. My oldest son Connor didn't think it was as impactful a villain as Syndrome, which I kind no, of. No, I thought I thought Syndrome. Uh, I mean, first of all, Incredibles is, and I'm glad they didn't rush out a sequel. You know, uh, for years I've been like waiting for a sequel. You know, because when we lived at Disney, essentially, they had a Pixar parade and they always had the Incredibles in it. But I was always like, really want a second movie. If the second, t- on the other hand, I didn't want them to fuck up the first one, you know, by making, they, they've been really successful with some things like, you know, the, the Toy Story franchise, but there's been like the Cars on the other hand. Cars no. 2, I haven't seen Cars 3. I mean, Cars 1 was so good. Yeah. And Cars 2 was a money grab. A big time money grab. So on one hand, I was like, gosh, why haven't they made, of all the movies they haven't made a sequel to, you haven't made a sequel. But on the other hand, I didn't want them to make a sequel and take away from the first one. And this was magic. It, it literally was Pixar at its best in a while. And, and I did see Coke, and I liked it. But this was just, I've been waiting for this. Yeah. So uh, Disney, you made up for Solo. <laughs> no, come on. That's a, that's a, <laughs> you haven't seen Solo. I have not. You cannot besmirch a movie until you've seen it. That's right. I did that with Ishtar, and you know I'm paying for it ever since. And most people, but uh, it was so it's funny. Our littlest guy on the way there, out of the blue, he just says, "I, you know, they better have the boyfriend at the end of the movie who was at the track meet, who was asking her around, and it was all awkward. I'm gonna be mad if he's not in it." Yeah. Right. And first person, oh, oh. yeah. First person. <laughs> Spoiler, uh, but it, it's it's great. And you know what's funny? Do you, that online they have um, the Easter egg, or tra- they have like an Easter egg thing where they pick out certain facts that they glean from movies like Pixar movies, like The Incredibles. Apparently, this movie takes place like in 1970. Like it's not a modern movie by any stretch of the imagination, and it's not like a retro kind of throwback. But it's like I think it literally takes place in 1970 because on one insurance form, you can see like the number. Oh, no, oh, I'm sorry, not the insurance form. There's some something in the first movie where somebody had died 15 years prior, and it was 1955 on the date. Oh, it, when when Edna was going back from the death of different superheroes. Yes, yes, yes. That's it. Uh, but anyways, but I'm gonna I, cut that part out. But no, 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 um, you will not. But I. Uh, but staying on Sinestro for a second, the backstory you mean syndrome. Syndrome. Sorry, but Syndrome's backstory was just such a great unexpected villain. Like when you found out who the villain is and why he was a villain, and shortest origin story ever. Right. It was like literally a scene. But it, but it was perfect why it worked. And again, this is one of the, you know, the best villains are the ones who don't see himself as a villain. Yeah, he knew he was a villain. But on the other hand, he had a real purpose and a real cause. I mean, he was driven down this road. And, and again, like, you know, Mr. Incredible's biggest arch enemy turned out to be a hell of his own creation. Yeah. And Syndrome, by the way, uh, mass murderer. Mass murder. Let's not overlook that fact. I, mean, I don't want to whitewash Pixar history here and by saying Syndrome was this sort of quirky guy who just, you know, came into some money somehow and uh, became an entrepreneur. Mass murder. Mass murder. On a mass murdering level. Yes. Um, but so so Incredibles 2, loved it, picked up right where it was, liked it, all the, the same elements. I liked the Frozen. I liked that Honey got her. You know, you better be back ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was, uh, they covered all the bases. And um, spoiler, they left a little door open for Incredibles 3. 
They really did. That that was the uh, and the villain. I mean, it was a there was a couple things that didn't let's say shock me. What like you know the turn of you know here or there. I really liked it. Uh, what do you think about the short beforehand? That almost got the waterworks going. That kind of uh, god damn it! I couldn't get out of a Pixar There's, movie without shedding a, 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 a four minute short, no dialogue. Yeah, <laughs> tear fest. It's gotten to the point for me. For me. When I start to, when I'm sitting in the theater, you know, with my family or alone, and I'm watching a new Pixar movie, I automatically go into like, I'm gonna cry, I'm gonna cry, I'm gonna cry. I don't know how, I'm just gonna cry. I'll have a soda, I'll have the Jujube heats, I'll have some popcorn and a large box of tissues. (laughs) Yeah, right. Thank you. Uh, What I also liked about this is how relatable it is. You know, probably to you as well. but I got younger kids in school, and maybe you went through this you know, a few years ago with them. I remember my kids haven't got there this year. The oldest one will be in fourth grade. I think this is where the real bullshit starts. No, it started this year. He came home with a math problem, like a math sheet. And I just sit down. I'm like, oh, boom, boom, boom. Well, no, they want us to do it this way. And it's like <laughs> – and I remember saying – you know, I, I – I phrased it a little differently than they did in the movie. I'm like, math is fucking math. Why? Nobody needed it. And then remember, my godson was like trying to explain how much easier it is this way. But, you know, you first make this chart and then you make this chart and you draw a line from here. I'm like, dude, I solved the problem before you started making box one. <laughs> we had these formulas and rules beaten into our head, you know, but. No one has convinced me yet that the new math is better than the old math. My checkbook still is, ah, you need stuff in there to balance it, I was going <laughs> to say. But but I, when, when they went through that whole scene, I'm like, oh, man, did that hit home. Yeah, you're referring to Mr. Incredible having to help uh, Dash with his math homework. Um, why do they have to make it new math? What was wrong with the old math? So... Now, we're going to do a second movie talk a little bit. You also... Dead. When's the last time you've seen two movies in a theater in one week? Uh, I don't know. Oh, you wanted a real answer? This decade? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, probably. Yeah. Not, I, not, not a drive-in where it's a double feature. Oh, you cheeky monkey. That's nice right. Drive. I forgot about that. The Goonies, Back to the Future thing we saw. I don't know. Probably not in a long time, but I saw Deadpool 2. It, uh, it was in a movie theater down the street from us. Not the, the regular movie theater we go to, but it's the other way. Um... The seats are like those nice cushy seats, but there's only 10 of them in the movie theater. And just by our luck, 10 people went to go see Deadpool that hour. So we got there late. Not we didn't see that we didn't get there late, but we picked up our movie tickets. Like, you know, we were like the last one of the last uh, four to buy their tickets. And we had the front row seat, which kind of sucked. But overall, Deadpool 2 is. Fantastic! Not fantastic. It was great. It was great. I'm not going to give it fantastic. Deadpool one was fantastic. Deadpool two was great. It it served its purpose. It hit all the right notes. It created a few more notes. Um, I thought the new cast of characters, the additions were um, g- good. I'm not a comic book guy, so I didn't know who Domino was. I didn't know who Steve. Oh, not what was his name. Peter. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Peter has made, like, he probably has his own line of comics that I don't know about. Um, 
But it was um, it was a good movie. I liked it a lot. What did you think of Deadpool 2, Jacques? Loved it. I mean, honestly, Ryan Reynolds is just... The fact that he shits on himself as much, if not more, than other people. Um, the fourth wall stuff has not got over me. The cru- um, the, 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 like, you know, he, he referenced again. Like, first of all, his thing with, um, who's the actor who plays Logan? Oh, Hugh Jackman. His thing with Hugh Jackman. I don't know when it started. I don't know how organic it started. But remember the preview for um, for Deadpool 1 had nothing to do with the movie? Like most, the, the, you can watch Deadpool trailers because they have nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> but in the first one, all guys getting held up and he runs into a phone booth a la Superman in the 40s. And uh, and behind him, you hear the guy getting the shit kicked out of him because he's having trouble getting the Deadpool outfit on. But the marquee is Logan in the movie theater behind him, and he makes a reference to him. So I love how it, you know, it has the Logan thing. But I love the crossover. Like, you know, it's been a couple months now, so we can talk about it. Where the bad guy slash good guy slash good bad guy Cable um, played. Thanos and and he James Brolin, yeah. And he referred to him as Thanos in the movie at one point. And then I forget one of the characters like, Wow, you're like dark. You should be in a DC movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a it it uh it hit all the right and actually that movie almost made me tear up more than like the Incredibles. The 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 baby penis. The yes. baby penis got yes. you. Yes, it hit it hit home. Let's just put it that way. Okay. <laughs> You saw it and go, wow, how'd it get so big? (laughs) (laughs) Go on. So, yeah, Deadpool 2, Incredibles 2, and uh, and I'm looking at the rundown sheet. Beyond Id 2? Yes. uh, For a little while, there's a club in Worcester called Ralph's um, that... Our, our friend Dave Marabella, his band, The Rationals, have played there. They're kind of a regular there. Like every couple months they play. At the same time, because of the Mass Pirates, a lot of bands that you know play at Ralph's have done our, you know, our tailgate parties and stuff like that. And I just decided, like, hey, I'm just—it's been a long time. You know, I, I actually hate to say it, but uh, you hate to say that it's been a long time since you rock, rock and, and rolled. rolled. It's been 25 years since they got out of the hellhole known as Fitchburg State College. And by hellhole, I meant six awesome years. I barely remember. Um, so I just called the guy. I said, hey. You know, a lot of, of our old Fitchburg pals want us to do a show. I deal with a lot of your bands now. We have the rationales. Can you throw us on a bill together? And the guy actually gave us a Friday night slot. Um, and it was tough because he had like one opening in, in, in July, one opening in um, August. And both of them are nights that the Pirates have games. Like they have one game in July and one scheduled for August. So it had to be pushed to September. Uh, excuse me. But... It's great. It's like, you know, it's like, but then after that was locked down, you know, our old friend, you know, Rod, who I don't think I've seen since Dan's wedding, over 20 some years. He's from the town of Southbridge. Could you find Southbridge if you had, like, if Google told you exactly where it was? Do you think you could find Southbridge? Isn't it off of 95? Uh, it's south. Oh, you know, okay. It's by Connecticut, like on the Connecticut border. And he's coming home to visit his family. Like some dive bar, probably not the size of your basement. He's playing a show. He's like, hey, you guys want to do a show? And it's like, no. 
<laughs> we will, but you know, I mean, and, and, and this is how old and, and crotchety I am. I thought that could be fun, but that's a long drive. <laughs> Seriously. How many restrooms are there between here and Southbridge? Do I have to pull over? Do I need my passport? But yeah, so uh, Dan Cray and Beyond Did. A two-piece band in which one person is named Dan Cray, and I'm the other guy. The part of Beyond It tonight will be played by Jacques. <laughs> um, and and now I sound like you know such 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 a, a sissy pants. I'm like, oh Wait, man, now you sound like I, I haven't I haven't seen a lot of people in a while, and I, it's like, fuck. Put on so much weight with broken foot. I'm like, okay, I gotta lose 50 pounds before I have to see all these people because I don't want them to be like, wow, what the fuck happened to that dude? <laughs> he used to look like Thor. And now he looks like the guy at the comic book store reading Thor comics. He looks like Thwollen. <laughs> You're not nice. I'm very, very bad. You person. are not a nice You're person. You're not a very good person. So, right last week, Speaking of not nice, as soon as we got done with our podcast, I, I think we went upstairs and, and we had just found out, like after the podcast, that a guy that I've been a huge fan of for a while, and I think you kind of are a fan or, or, or yeah. like a lot of his work, is another person. Um, I, for a second, I caught myself. I almost said a victim of the Me Too movement. Mm. Like, no, the other side, you know, he's a perp. Perp. Uh, and, and, and it was one of those things where at first you think, oh man, another, you know, another person I like is a douchebag. Well, see this one, this one's a little different. It is a little different, but first you find out right away that because the backlash has been so harsh, you know, where people like, well, should Karen Spacey really be taken off the show? Should this person, you know, all that kind of hemming and hawing. And then it's the public outcry, and then people like the networks or whatever. This this comes out, and instantly he gets dropped from his website, The Nerdist, which he well, created. He didn't work on it anymore, but he was still on the board and a consultant. Yes. And not only did they let him go, they like wiped clean his bio and everything off there. AMC instantly said, um, "Nope, no more Talking Dead." Uh, he and, and he was. They were actually going to premiere that Sunday, talking. I think it was just going to be called Talking with um, Steve uh, with Chris Hardwick. Like it wasn't a talk. I don't think it was like a. Uh, oh, just his own talk. Yeah, show. Oh, I think wow. so. I think. And then, I think. And then he and then he got wiped from uh, all the Comic Con panels that he's supposed. To, and that's that literally is his Super Bowl week. That's yeah. where he really shines. Right. So, but you know, in this day and age, you have to believe alleged victims of alleged crimes. Of a and then we. By the way, he wasn't directly accused by his ex in that um, piece that she wrote, and but it, they put the pieces together, and obviously it turned out to be him. And then, but then he goes on the offensive, which is well, well for, no, but she had said, and I think a lot of the reasons why people like literally believed her, she goes. I have video and audio proof of this. So if you want to deny this happened, I can put it all out there. You know, that kind of went away, though. I mean, that that it, act, that that carrot wasn't brought up in subsequent stories. No, it wasn't. And and probably, and, the, and then he goes on the offensive, like you said, go ahead. Yeah, well, he goes out first and foremost, says that he denies, and he was blindsided, and, um, you know, he also 
kind of put the heat on her saying, well, she cheated on me and we were on a break and, you know, uh, this, that, and the other thing. And then he, days later, puts out um, transcripts of texts that she well, had. I didn't actually hear he had done it, but I know texts had come out and I wasn't sure. I assumed well, that he when had done have, it. When you have two, when you have a text conversation, it's usually between two people. And this one didn't shine so brightly on Chloe Dykstra as it did on, on him, on Chris Hardwick's case. And, and what, and the thing is, through through the texts that was released, and maybe they were um, uh, selectively released, but it seemed like she cheated on him. He broke up with her. She kept over a series of months trying to get back, trying to get back, trying to get back. And finally he said, leave me alone. This is the last time I'm going to communicate with you, period. Yep. But, again, it, it, it's as far as like Chris Hardwick losing his gigs, in the short term at least, in the light of these allegations, it's the proper move by the companies that are associated with them because they don't need that heat. And they should take. I mean, it's awkward when somebody's accused of something heinous or abhorrent. You don't want to then put that person on TV. No, I know. But so the thing is, this was, and it turns out that it's like, oh, did he just break up? Did it just happen? And again, this seemed to be years ago. Uh, he's married, moved on, and it's never come out before. So why now? Like, what you know? And it's because she, so she's a D lister. He's a high B lister. And is it? To bump her thing going into a comic, like what is what is to gain other than, um, and again he didn't say she, she didn't say he like hit her. He just said she was he was mean and verbally abusive. Yeah, and I don't, we don't know how deeply it may have gone and, and how she perceived it and how what really happened. You can't blame the it, it, you can't put a timeline on how a, a, a person who feels victimized or is a victim processes that. And puts it out there. Now, she is a public figure, somewhat, and he is a public figure, so there's that extra element. You know, if it was two regular people, like, this would just be go unresolved or whatever. But she had that forum, you know, where she could put out something publicly, and maybe it was something where he was a, a fucking asshole. Maybe he was a douchebag. Maybe he did something untoward. I don't know to what extent, but then again... We don't know how severe it was. And we're always going to be playing comparisons. Like, was it as bad as Harvey Weinstein? Probably not. Did he hold, you know, did he hold jobs over her head or did he threaten her? It's all kind of muddy. So um, as far as what she said in her article, you know, you, 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 you kind of have to take it at face value. You have to always believe the victim. You know, but verify. Yeah, but verify. But regardless of that, it's too late. It's it's out there. It, right. And even if it turns out she was just bitter, if, if if it turns out to be a Duke lacrosse thing, yeah, he doesn't get his reputation back. Uh, there will right. no. There will always be the well, maybe. And then the, it doesn't help that other people who are already on uh, who are on Chloe's side or anti Chris were like, yeah, I worked with Chris in the in these you know over the last couple of years, or I've worked with Chris in the past, and it doesn't surprise me that. Yeah, because he's a bit of a douchebag. He is a douchey guy. And he probably, in his personal life, is probably not the, hey, points, that kind of guy. You know, he's probably a very, like, focused, uber-driven. The guy had 17 jobs. You know, he's probably 
probably a, a, like a, a, a narcissist. And I'm not saying probably. No, to a and certain pro- point, you and, have to be. And maybe, and he could be. And who knows that it could that narcissism could extend in a relationship to something abusive. He might have been. He might have had a bad relationship with Chloe Dykstra, who after which he had either done some self-introspection and healed, and now he's getting married and he's going to have a baby. But with if she cheated woman. on him, he breaks up with her, and then she turns around a couple years later and says, you know, it's but, like, oh, he was mean to me. Well, does she cheat on his chicken and egg thing? It's like, well, why did she cheat on him? Did she cheat on him right. because he was such an abusive asshole? But 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 see, that's, that's a big thing. So, like, a, like, abuse gets thrown around so much. It's like... You know, and again, different levels. It's like, I'm not always the nicest, easiest guy to work with. Like, like you know, today there was a chain of emails that went on and somebody kept responding who, A, shouldn't have responded. And two, when they did respond, went out of their way to show this is why you shouldn't be on this email. And finally, I had to say, hey, the grownups are talking. You know, and 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 la- in the week before the meeting, it was like you know, ten people were on a, con- a table. Somebody shouldn't have been there. Who interjected with the most off-topic, weird thing? And I, I basically said, "Hey, knock knock, who's there?" I did the old shut the fuck up, and everybody laughed. But it's like, you know, is is that person in two years going to now say it's like, oh. You know, now that Carnival Personnel is the biggest podcast in podcast, they shouldn't listen to it because Jacques told me to shut the fuck up at a meeting when I was running my mouth and I shouldn't have been. A little bit different. A li- no, but but again, it, you know, it's like I don't want to say, oh, well, she cheated on him because he was mean to her. But it's like it, through those text messages, she said she had all this stuff to release, didn't. Uh-huh. A week later, he's like, hey, this is what happened. You know, I broke up with her. She wanted to get back. And that's the other thing. It's like, if he was so awful for months, she wanted to get back, wanted to get back, wanted to get back. He moved on with her life. And now it's like, oh, well, you won't take me back? Well, I'll ruin your career. Yeah. Well, you know what? There are, there's always that. I, I'm not discounting that that isn't an option. And that, and that obviously crossed my mind immediately. Like, well, okay, is there something up with Chloe Dykstra that she wants to get back at him? You know? You, 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 but you got to go into this believing alleged victims, and unfortunately, because of that, if the perpetrator is a high-profiled, successful person, they're going to take a hit for it, and they, and they're going to have to go through the court of public opinion, uh, whether it's warranted or not. And that's just kind of the way it is when you share that much information personally in a public way. You're going to have this fallout. I know. I think more. I'm going to say the nine times out of ten. The victims are usually truthful, and the perpetrators are usually doing something heinous and needs to be called out on. You know, it's not easy for somebody, if you're a victim, to just purge that and put that out there in public. Like, that's a big fucking step. Like, you can't—most people, most sane people don't all willy-nilly just go out and say, Oh, yeah, so in 2012, when I dated this really successful person, uh, he tried to, you know— um, have sex with me when I didn't want him to, and I, and I didn't, you know, and, and I pushed him off, but he was he was still forthcoming, and you know, like it's it's still traumatic in a way, you know, if it's if it really did happen, it, it you gotta kind of believe that it did happen. Anyways, kind of talking in circles here. I understand poor Chris Harwick, if he's successful enough, and and if the truth is that nothing, nothing, nothing unprofessional or nothing 
untoward really did happen. Or more than couples who've had fights or arguments or something like that. If nothing illegal happened. Like right. Because she alleged sexual assault. And again, that's a broad statement. It, 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 that covers everything from unwanted sexual advances in a, in a, in a consensual relationship to, or to um, you know, choking somebody to death while having <laughs> sex, which, you know, I've asked for a couple of times, but you've yet to reciprocate. So I don't know. Um, anyways, so, uh, hey, you know what? We'll, we'll have, to, have to wait and see. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about Jesus then. Okay, and we only have five minutes left. And let's... Chris Pratt. Oh yeah, I did not know he was a Jesus guy. Oh yeah, I saw a couple of years ago on either Facebook. I think it was Facebook. It was like two Easter's ago, and he and his brother. Thank you for that. I like when you do that on the microphone. Can you go? Ah, Jesus, ah, the <laughs> <laughs> A couple of Easter's ago, Chris Pat Pratt posted on his Facebook page a video or pictures of him and his brother erecting a large life-size cross in honor of, you know. But I, th- I forget which comedian said that, but I think Jesus wouldn't want to see that yeah. if he did come you back that, down. Do you think that was a really good day for Jesus? Yeah, like if Jesus were hung, like if hanging were... And know. we're going to have some nooses for, you know. <laughs> yeah, we're all wearing nooses, nooses instead yeah. of... I think it was like George Carlin or somebody, some great comedian like that. Anyways... But, yeah, I, I did know that. So w- w- what God thing did he do this week, John? No, it was great. It was actually, look, I don't begrudge when you see the NFL guys, like, praying before games or something like that. If that's your thing. Or thanking God after or games. Or thanking God. Like, you know, it's one thing where, like, okay, Tim Tebow, I will give you a million dollars to finish two sentences without dropping Jesus' name three times. But... He got a Lifetime Achievement Award, but they call it, like, the Generational Award from MTV. And they did a a montage of his, you know, his work. Basically, it's a Cool Guy Over 30 Award. And he—I didn't realize how much work he did before Parks and Recreation. I thought that was—he was a breakout star from that. But he was pretty established before then. He had his uh, his nine rules for life. And a couple of them were really— don't be a douchebag. Like, flat out, hey, don't be a douchebag. Literally, bag. don't be a douchebag. A couple of them were, look, if you're smarter than somebody, don't go out of your way to belittle them and, and, and flaunt that you have more knowledge or more. I mean, that's being a bully. Bullies are assholes. Don't be that guy. Um, and then, But then he dropped, uh, you know, just number seven, God is real. He is. I'm just throwing it out there. Accept it. It wasn't like you have to accept it. That was him. Um uh, one of them, it was like, pray, you know, learn to pray. It helps you through some shit. It really will just pray, you know? And then, but again, I mean, he threw it out there, but then he went on the longest thing is he explained in depth, like to the minutia that if you have to take a dump at a party, the best way to take a dump with minimizing the amount that the stink lingers in the bathroom. I mean, literally he went on for a two minute, very detailed explanation of the ways to, and the ways not to stink up a bathroom. So I, I, I'll take a little like, you know, Jesus thrown in by, uh, you know, also weighing in some life tips like that. And yet before the podcast, there was evidence that you heard nothing he said. <laughs> oh, Troy, are you sending your kids to camp this summer? Which camp? Well, funny you should ask. <laughs> I've heard. Great show, by the way. Oh, yes. Funny you should ask. Yes. 
Big fan. <laughs> thank you, Byron Allen. And thank you, John Lovitz. Yeah, thank all of the all of all of the talents. All of the talents associated with that show. But what about uh, this camp you're talking about? Oh, have it's, you heard about these? And no, let me take a swig of my drink before you tell me about this camp. Go on. Some of these camps are $700 a night. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, But you get to sleep outside. Uh, you know how some camps, when you grow up, or, you know, the, the old adage, you, you know, they made you write home to your parents. It was part of the the, the thing, like the famous, um, hello, mother, hello, father, you know, type letter from camp. These camps do not make you write home. Why is that? They don't even make you acknowledge you have a home. <laughs> they don't even let you know where your parents are. Wow. Um, yeah, so uh. anyways, this is going to be one of those moments where the truth is my littlest guy is eight. He's going to have to explain to his grandkids one day, well, how did people let that happen? How is that okay? And we say it a lot. Joe says it a lot. I say it a lot. A lot of people on both sides of the fence say it. People said it about Obama. But truly, 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 this is one of the darker periods of American history. How this time will be looked back on. Um, and, and the... Stealing of children, it is, a, it is, well, George Takei had said it. This is worse than when his family were thrown in the Japanese internment camps during World War II, because at least he was with his family. Oh, but Trump fixed that. He signed an executive order saying that they will no longer separate children from their families. They'll still inter the families, but they'll be together. Even though it is in our laws saying that you cannot, do, like, children cannot be kept. I think it's... 30 to 45 days. There is a law. I apologize for not knowing the exact length of time. You un-American son of a bitch. And the worst, the worst part is, again, it's not, it's not, the worst part is it's happening. But the worst part is the percentage of people okay with it happening. The fact that not just with his base, but with the GOP as a large whole, the only reason a couple GOP people are speaking out about it, like Ted Cruz, is because Ted Cruz is up for re-election. Is up for re-election in a border state where the person running against him is Latino. Yeah. And so now of course he has to come. But he was one of the biggest built the wall, built the wall. The the most sickening thing is they're deporting these people back to Guatemala, to Honduras, and keeping their kids. And it's not like you're being deported back to Guatemala and you have a cell phone, you have access. They're like, oh, here's this 800 number to call, which the number doesn't work, but you might not even be able to call. And they've been lying to people, and it's just come out in the past like 24, 48 hours that some of these kids have been shipped to New York. I mean, it's not even like you're coming on the border in Texas and they're shipping them to New Mexico. They're shipping them to, you know, Arizona. They're literally shipping them to 3,000 miles away. And again, there's not 16, 17-year-olds. It's not like, you know, your youngest who's 12 who you might be able to explain what's going on. I mean, these are children, babies, two, three. And it's... And it's in the thousands that we've done this to. Well, if you catch them young, they won't become gang members when they're older. So true. And again, like we joked about it, but anybody look up. Uh, I think it was The Daily Show did a side-by-side comparison to state-run media. Um, and, and here's the fucked up thing. Like, honestly, Lewandowski, 
And, and I would happily go to jail if I saw we're, him on the street. We're conflating like with like, like three no, no. different. Yeah, things I know, right. no. But when he was on CNN talking about it, and they're like, well, "These these babies are being ripped away from their breastfeeding mom." Wah, wah. How how does that guy? I mean, that, that's like like the la- It's it's beyond the lack of empathy. That is that is a level of sickness that I can't, it, it's like, it, and you go back in history when you heard the stories and it didn't sound true. When I was a kid and you heard that the U.S. Army was told to stomp the Native American children because they didn't want to spend the money on the bullet and just crush them, it's like, no, that couldn't be possible. I believe more and more of that. You know, I mean, what we did with the Native Americans, what, you know, the Nazis did, what, you know, we did with the Japanese internment camps, what we, you know, all are the way doing. are doing, yeah. you know, all the yes. way, you know, it, it's like, this is literally my eight year old is going to have a hell of a time explaining to his kids or his kids, kids, you know, well, what did your dad do when, when this was happening? Why didn't, why didn't anybody stop it? Right. And hopefully your kids and uh, your kids, kids uh, won't have cush jobs as uh Border Patrol people, because there'll be so many more jobs available, because this will just keep going and going. And when you refer, like one of the things in war that you have to do to soldiers is you have to dehumanize the enemy. You can't be shooting a father. You can't be shooting a husband. You can't be shooting somebody's son. Right. Like, I don't want to, like, step on a bug and think, oh, my God, that bug was just going to get bread for his family and i killed the sole provider of his family no and now we're referring to him we as a nation we we, whether we want to or not we're lumped into this we as a nation are referring to these people as vermin as in as an infestation infestation. yeah and let me tell you what a dick joe can be i put out a small fire in joe's basement tonight he didn't even thank me for it now course i started the fire and that is exactly what trump is doing he now wants to be thanked for signing this new executive order not separating the family it's like dickhead for the last three weeks your poll number has been going up because you were doing this but then once the footage came out and then flat out saying they don't want the pictures being released you can't visit these these internment camps with cameras even senators are showing up because it's not good for them. But so he signs it. And what's great, and, and all the side-by-side, the Jeff Sessions, uh, I just saw a clip where there's 14 times in the last three weeks he was saying, we have to do this. It's a deterrent. They're breaking the law. Jesus told it. Literally, Jesus told us to do it. And we have the right to do it. It's not inhumane. Yada, yada. And, and, and of course, it, it, it spins off the narrative that, well, if I broke the law, if Joe broke the law right now, he'd be separated from his kids. If I broke the law, I'd be separated. And that and that's what they were saying. What they're not telling you, this is a misdemeanor. This this is running a stop sign. And by the way, let's just put a button on this topic by reminding people that usually when things are going on in the United States government in this administration, there's usually some sort of financial gain being had by somebody. Now, so at, at the taping of this podcast, the stock market has been down nine consecutive days in a row. We're not going to get into the trade shit that's going on that's driving a lot of that or these awful news cycles that's driving a lot of that. The stock market has been down for nine days in a row, except, Joseph, 
Yeah. The privatized prisons. Oh, yeah. Who happen to be the ones. And, you know, and here's the great. When you hear that some of these things are costing like, you know, $700 a night, you know, to house these people. Joe, have you ever in your miserable existence stayed at a hotel that cost you $700 a night? Uh, no, not a seven hundred American dollars, but yeah. yeah, yeah. But so, yeah. So, and Joe's right. It's the privatized business, and and we've talked about this before. When it's been the schools, and the Betsy DeVos is trying to push the privatized school, and then you find out she's a shareholder in that. It's like these people need the beds filled, like a hotel, like a restaurant. They need clients, and in order for a company to say yes, we will build one of these things. They're not going to do it on spec. They have to be guaranteed an X percent of, of occupancy. And the way it works is like, okay, we're built this place that has 100 beds. You have to guarantee us 90% occupancy. Or if we're 50% occupancy, you have to pay us a difference to make it as if we were 90%. Otherwise, we're not going to build this for you. Uh-huh. And then those things weren't uh, just built uh, from the ground up. Those are converted WalMarts, and we all know that this is uh, there's something going on here. Something fishy's going on, and somebody's making a ton of money off of this. And, and until the last day or so, the question was, where are the girls? And, and the thing is, because of the varmint, because of the rapist, because of the gang thing, they were only showing pictures of young Latino men. They were not showing, not even men. Boys. Boys. They haven't in the last two weeks shown any pictures. It's like, okay, where are the girls being kept? You know, um, kitchen. If, if, if you know, sometimes she, no, I she's have on. to preempt shock. I'm. So, <laughs> I, I don't know what's become of me lately. I just I have to get out the awful ahead of shock so that. I don't know. I just want to fit in. No, you're the I think I, yeah. <laughs> Is this some sort of like a Nuremberg syndrome? Or I, I was feeling my voice. Stockholm you, you, syndrome. Stockholm syndrome. Nuremberg. No, thank you for the Nuremberg thing because the excuse that a lot of border control people who are now being faced with this, it's like, how? How did you go home that night? Honey, how was your job? Well, there was a woman breastfeeding her three-month-old baby, and we shipped her back to Guatemala, and we put her baby in in a room where hopefully somebody changed the diaper. Maybe did, maybe didn't. Is dinner ready? You know, and they're saying, look, it's just a job. I'm just following orders. Didn't hold up in the Nuremberg case. Right. But, uh, so, so we got that. Um, I don't care, Joe, do you? I really don't care. Do you? That is probably one of my least favorite Prince songs. <laughs> I didn't know that that was actually titled, but yeah, that, what you're referring to was the fucking awful message that was written on the back of Melania Trump's jacket, which apparently is sold in stores. But but a long time ago. I mean, this isn't like oh somebody's doing it now. Now she. she throughout her career has been a model, a fashion model. Do you think that was an accidental wardrobe choice? Do you think she, it was like, do you think somebody put a kick me sign on her back that she was unaware of? I don't think that happened at all. But obviously not the brightest thing to wear when you're going to visit immigrant children. And she, well, she went to go visit. Like, so that's that, where she was right, going, right? Yeah, she to wore that to, to see these people in the camps who are being, you know, the, the concentration camp, the, the internment well, camps, uh, common internment camps, yeah. whatever you, you know, they, they happy camps. I, 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 you know, 
Un- unlike our friends at Fox News referring to them as essentially summer camps. You know, and then some people are like, they're getting medical attention, they're getting education. They probably weren't even getting that back in their country. They have it better in those camps. Well, you know, I'm not the greatest dad in the world, but I don't think I would send my kid to that camp. So, right. you know, as soon as Laura Ingram like sends her kids, then yeah, then you can make that camp comparison. But until then, shut the and Melania, who can they saw a hat? <laughs> Melania, who people like love, like us, like when she's publicly slapped Blotus's hand away or something like that, and it's like she wasn't seen for twenty days, and it's like, you know, oh, she a victim. It's like, no, I feel bad for her, and this and that. It's, I don't fucking feel bad for one. Fu- like she is the woman who showed up in Houston wearing the Flotus hat for the first time. They trumped out the Flotus hat that oh happened to be on sale on the website like that day. She decides to use a a, a hurricane. Oh, your house is gone, but look at this sweet hat you can buy for twenty five bucks online. That that wasn't accidentally. And now people are trying to spin it. it's like, well, no, she was just. That was just a message, really, to her husband that she's going there and what? That was actually a message to the fake news media that we really don't care about what you say about us. Do you, question mark, with one U instead of Y-O-U? <laughs> and the other great thing is, and, and, and like you've talked about this, this is all going on. Nobody this week is talking about the fact that Paul Ryan submitted legislation to completely gut Medicare, Medi-Cal, and Social Security to the point of like $1.5 trillion on his way out the door. His, he's bragged about his dream of doing away with Medicare, Medi-Cal, Medicare, and Social Security. It's not getting any cycle. Now, I'm not saying, hey, stop showing these crying kids and get back to what's important. Uh, but they're evil sons of bitches, each and every fucking one of them. Yes, and they're going to be in power for a couple more years at least, and, and probably longer, because they are good at spinning a web, man. They are good. Well, the, the funny thing is, like, they're, and they're supporters who are so fucking stupid, and I have no—it's like every time over the last week— no matter what their take on this was, we have the right to do it. Yeah, they have the right to do it. No, and it's a Democrat's fault for this law. No, you just last week put it, it was never on the books. Uh, yeah, it's a Democrat's fault. And now it's like, you know, I'm going to sign this thing. This Oh, and, and, and Blotus kept saying for last week, I can't do anything about this. Congress has to solve this. I can't do anything about this. Congress has to solve this. I can't sign an executive order to stop this. Congress has to solve this. What did he do yesterday? He signed an executive order. What else did he sign today? Was it today he signed? He did, he did some more signing today. <laughs> yes, he signed something. Oh, my. I think he signed 13 things today. Um, you want to tell the story? Because- no. No, you will. So, <laughs> and you like it? Yes, I'm a good storyteller. I'm more of an interpreter. But <laughs> let's see. Well, he had a little press conference or a pageant, if you will, about the uh, victims of uh, the, the the families of victims of people who were murdered at the hands of undocumented immigrants, and they trotted up these people, holding up pictures of their loved ones who were murdered. And um, a lot of them were children, a lot of them were teenagers, that, you know, that, that sort of thing. And they're large, you know, like almost like two foot high size, two foot sized pictures. And each one of them had 
Donald Trump's autograph on them. Every single one. This the it's we a, joke about the narcissism, but that is Yeah. You're fucked. He's he is a cunt. You are a fucking I said it. Joe for Joe to drop the C word. I said it. And rightfully so. There's not another way to say it. And what's disgusting is it, take take one minute. Take one minute out of your fucking life and just look at the stats. And not the stats from MSNBC or from Joe and my like new news group that we're, we're, we're starting. Immigrant crime rates are so much lower than, than citizens' crime rates. Undocumented crime rates, a, a, a crime rate by undocumented people is so stark. The last thing they want to do is to be sent home. Period. The end. The crime rates of undocumented does it happen? Yes. Right. Will it happen? Yes. Is human nature awful? Yes. It, bad people are going to do bad things. But the actual number of crimes and the crime rate by these groups is so staggeringly low. Um, but you know, but hey, at least at least the United States has joined the countries of like I think it's Somalia. And I think it's uh, North Korea. They they have <laughs> the funny thing is not the funny thing. The UN they we've had a you can't fire me I quit moment. Uh, the UN has come out last week this past week and said the United States is in violation of human rights with these stealing of the children, and the UN said, yeah, we're going to have to sanction the United States for these human right atrocities. And the United States, two days later, turned around and said, we withdraw from the UN Human Rights Council because uh, we don't like how you treat Israel. I wish I was making that up. Like it was either the day after or two days after the UN cited the United States and being violation, you know, of these human right atrocities, we turn around and leave the council because how the rest of the council is treating Israel. We're starting our own human rights council and it's going to be great. It's going to be the best human rights. There's going to be more humans in our human rights council than any other human rights council. So the term the big three, uh, this is a late edition, and, and I'm only going to talk 30 seconds on this. I grew up in Boston in the, in the, you know, the, the early mid-80s, uh, and the big three refer to Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, you know, Robert Parrish, if there was a big four, I mean, because Danny Ainge was pretty, you know, crucial too. So the big three and a half. And now that term gets used a lot. There's even the basketball league, you know, the big, the, the three. What is it? Um, the big three. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, you get the, North Korea, Iran, and Iraq. Iran. <laughs> that's the axis of evil. That used to be the axis of evil. Now, I believe it's Germany, Canada, and, uh, you know. Yeah, I think uh, Iceland. I, right, those fucking cocks. Um, but uh, time, 30 seconds are up. Oh, damn it. Kevin McHale was at a Trump rally with his wife the other day and holding signs supporting Trump, and Ooh. it just killed me. I mean, I know that Danny Ainge's son... I mean, he's a Mormon, just ran on the GOP ticket for a state Senate seat. And you know, so you figure, rich, white, older guy, probably leans that way. But it's another thing to... It's another thing to donate to Trump's presidential campaign. Oh, wait, that was Robert Kraft. You. That was Bill Belichick. That was probably Shut Tom it. Brady. The big three. 
You know how we talk about that box of tissues at Pixar movies? <laughs> Do you have any of the tissues left? Because I think you just cry. My 12-year-old self is on the couch crying. I don't have any tissues, but I can uh, buy some when we hear from our defunct sponsor of the week. Cut. The home of good, good food is Howard Johnson's. Now have Howard Johnson's good, good food at home. Howard Johnson's is such a friendly place to have good food. And the next best thing to eating out at Howard Johnson's is eating out at home with Howard Johnson's frozen foods. Howard Johnson's now takes tender, ocean-fresh fillets of haddock and bakes them in a rich cheddar and tomato sauce, then quick-freezes them for you to serve in minutes. And there are so many other Howard Johnson's frozen foods at your grocer's now. Howard Johnson's delicious macaroni and cheese, shrimp croquettes with a sherry Newberg sauce, chicken croquettes with a creamy fricassee sauce, and more. The home of good, good food is Howard Johnson's. Now have Howard Johnson's good, good food at home. So, um... First of all, we were supposed to have a guest this week. My my very good friend Price is right. We had the whole show dedicated to him about him because he wanted to straighten out a few uh, things. Taking that banner back to Kinko's. <laughs> Thank you, bastard. Um, so we wanted to talk to him because he's one of the few people I know who is really invested into the World Cup. Uh, he is... My mother-in-law's boyfriend is re- watches every game. I'd have him on uh, to talk about the World Cup, except he <laughs> speaks zero words of English. Well, I speak Chinese. Is that okay? Yeah, that is, seriously. <laughs> um, but we, hopefully we will have him on, because I do. I want to talk to somebody about the World Cup. Um, uh, I, this goes out to our friend Biff from my brother-in-law. Um, fuck you, Japan, for stealing that game against Colombia. I don't know if you know this. Within the first five minutes of a game, a Colombian got a red card. Like, no yellow card first and then a red card. So they end up losing to Japan one to nothing. And I think Biff's the only Japanese person that Caesar knows. So you're, you just made the list. Oh, um Lock him up. Lock, Lock him, him up. Uh, so I'm also going to just put this right out there. Cricket still sucks and is boring. And until AJ is sitting in this seat right here and tells us otherwise. He's, he's pointing to his ass, by the way. Yeah, hey, you know, don't, don't, don't tear down the fourth wall. Um, okay, so now let's get into, let's face it, it's all our favorite time of the week. It's this week in USFL history. This week. In USFL history in 1984, uh, the Orlando Renegades in its inaugural season, it's a word I usually have trouble with, um, very disappointing season, wound up, uh, I think it was 4-14 and because they played uh, an 18-game schedule back then. But this week, they defeated the LA Express 17-10. to Fun fact about the LA Express is their quarterback, Tom Ramsey, who was a UCLA alumni, who was the MVP in the 1983 Rose Bowl, also was a backup quarterback for the Patriots under Tony Eason and Grogan in, for five years in the 80s. So that is this week in the USFL. I understood the letters U, S, F, and L. Everything else was a blur. <laughs> oh, Patriots. 
He was backup quarterback for the Patriots oh, in the right, 80s. Oh, right, right, yes, that's right. Rose Bowl, you've heard about the Rose Bowl. Yeah, and I think he should still be inducted in the uh, Hall of Fame. Oh, wait, that's another Rose altogether. <laughs> Shut up. I bet he will. I bet he will. Where's the applause Two, button, you stupid three, asshole? Four. <laughs> uh, so now, op- the, the option is Joe's. Do we go to the random video game review of the week, or is there any game coming out that you're getting soon? What what is we can either go, what is the next game you're buying? I've already bought a game. Then then you know what? Why don't we go with that? Okay. I haven't it, played it yet. I bought it a week ago. Well, I, chances are we're gonna pull a game up here you haven't played. So I, right. I bought on sale at Target for twenty dollars the latest South Park game. South Park, the fractured but whole. Get it? I do get it. It's a follow-up to their uh, hit game, uh, South Park, The Stick of Truth, for the Xbox 360, which I do have. It's an RPG game, turn-based RPG. I'm not an RPG guy by any stretch of the imagination. I am, however, a South Park guy. And these games are rated M. They're not like knockoffs like... For mature! They're not knockoffs like, we're going to hand this off to some you know Korean-based video game company with our license and you make the game. No. Matt Stone and Trey Parker and their writers get involved in these games. They take time away. F- like they, This is their second show. Like They make their South Park episodes on their schedule as they usually do. But in between that downtime, that big downtime, like, where's South Park? Why aren't they making more South Park episodes? Well, they're working on stuff like this. It's essentially like a 10-hour South Park episode. You know, they're the animation is like spot on. Like it's like it's like you're playing a South Park episode. I mean, granted, we're not dealing with you know Pixar, uh, really you know Pixar level art here, but it's um, it's all you know voiced by Trey Parker and Matt Stone and others. It's uh, it's got its own storyline. The Fractured but Whole is about the uh, you know they they have the Avengers parody on South Park where. Um, uh, Eric Cartman plays uh, the coon. Do you know who I'm talking about? You, I do. Yeah, so the, the, this is basically like the coon, and um, I think it's Mysterio is is um, is is the, um, I think it's um, oh, Kenny. Uh, yeah, Kenny's character is Mysterio. Uh, anyways, I'm rambling here. I'm, I haven't opened it yet. Uh, the PlayStation 4 is hooked up to the large TV upstairs, which is right now being occupied by Mark Harmon and the wonderful cast of NCIS. So <laughs> I've yet to actually... You haven't got through the whole thing yet? She hasn't got through the oh, whole thing yet. Every time I walk in the room, I'm like, oh, season 13? Oh, okay, and season 12. All right, all right, season 12, season 12, that's How fine. How many seasons are there? 14. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So what, you got another three days to go? I know, seriously. If she, you know, she just gets off her lazy ass and keeps watching. Seriously, <laughs> can you just sit down and watch more goddamn TV? But uh, as an addendum... Put the, your shoes on and get out of the kitchen, woman. <laughs> Two, three, four. Um, as an addendum to what I... Thank you. I just... <laughs> to, uh, what the fuck? You threw me off. It's oh, but the, the PS4 is hooked up there, so you yeah, haven't yeah. taken it out. Right, and another PS4 game that was purchased at the same time as I purchased whoa, whoa, my you, game. Well, we drop in two? Yes. A, whoa, two movies in one week and two games? Yes, well, the other one was purchased by Connor, and it's a, it ties back into what we just saw. He bought the Deadpool game for the oh. PS4. So, I don't know. Does Reynolds do the voice? I don't think so. Bastard. But it's a Reynolds type voice, and it's I don't know, it's fine. It's type voice. What the hell else is he doing? 
Besides his aviator gin commercials, which are hysterical. Besides residing in your dreams. Don't judge. I will not. There's room in there for both of us. <laughs> and uh, I meant that just like it sounds. I know. Uh, so uh, I know. So you're not playing the games, you Bob. You're not watching anything because unless you want to do a, is your pick of the week NCSI or, 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 or NCIS? You hey, if it's not bastard. blue bloods, it might as well be nothing. <laughs> um, I, I can proudly say, by the way, I've not seen a second of blue bloods since my cast has come off. <laughs> so that show is literally for shutouts. But are you watching anything, or, or did the movie reviews cover it? I think the movie reviews covered it. What are you watching this week? No. I think I think we spent enough on yeah, on movies. I got something, but okay. more, I'm more same thing. I'm watching it because uh, we have one TV and the boys have had it, so it's like you know I've seen. It's like it. you're living in the 1950s. Nobody has two television sets. <laughs> you must be rich. <laughs> um, are we doing a sideshow this week? We might. Well, you know, we'll we'll see how this thing plays out. We'll. Uh, We'll see. So I mean, just keep an keep an eye open on your feed for maybe a sideshow about something. Maybe. It sounds really good. It is. I can't wait to it's, listen. It's our best one yet. <laughs> How could it not be? What's your parenting tip, sir? Consistency. Like doing sideshows every week? Every week. <laughs> uh, you know, no. Uh, and again, I, I, I picked out this parenting tip based on the fact that Mr. Price several times has seen my parenting in action because my oldest one comes and works at Two the words, right? In action, not in action. Well, See what I did there? Well done. You Nerd! were You wordsmith, you. Um, big, oh, I just said I wasn't going to um, but there was an um. That's okay. And now that's the third um, fourth um, sixth um, talking about ums. You're like Slash during the MTV Awards. <laughs> Where you didn't want to swear. He's like, oh, fuck, shit. Fuck, I'm not supposed to swear. Fuck! <laughs> so he has seen me, Mr. Price, at the Pirates game because the oldest one comes and helps out. And he actually does. And how dismissive and belittling I am to him in public. Uh, but I'm the same way at home. So I'm Red Foreman at home, and I'm Red Foreman out. And I think consistency is important. I don't want to go out... And pretend to be another guy, like so it confuses him. It's like, oh, my dad's only a jerk to me at home. No, like, uh, for example, this past Monday, we had a staff meeting, we had to do it at a restaurant, and he was set up at one table. And as he's walking over to me, I'm like, I out loud, not like I'm like, I flat out said, You better be on fire. If you're going to interrupt me while I'm talking and the looks around the table like, oh, my God, I thought my dad growing up was an asshole. But man, is Jacques horrible. Uh, but again, I don't want to fill him with false hope that like, oh, if I go to my dad's work, he'll be nicer to me because he's in public. No, consistency <laughs> is what's important here. And that is my parenting tip of the week. And if somebody wants to come and take him away to a camp because the camps <laughs> actually might be nicer than living with me, understood. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. So that was it. Um, well, it's next Sunday. So we got to do another podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Carnival Personnel. I'm Jacques. I'm Joe. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to your worst nightmare. I think that's enough. I think we've uh, held their attention long enough. So uh, without any further ado, Jacques. Wait, wait. Don't forget. Don't forget.